0: A few weeks ago, we started our Advent series talking about how Jesus came to bring us hope. Jesus came to bring us peace. Jesus came to bring us joy. And today, we're talking about how Jesus came to bring us love. And uh, and I want so I want to talk about love this morning. But before we dive in, um, you'll see another insert in your bulletin. It looks like this. And uh, every every year. Um, at Summit, uh, we take up a Christmas offering that goes directly to missions. And as we were thinking and praying through this year's Christmas offering and where it would go and what we were going to do with it, um, we're taking a mission trip to the Bahamas um, to uh, rebuild and restore down there to partner with some churches that have joined together down there with Experience Mission. And we've got 10 folks that are going. And you may, you may, you may have noticed this about us if you've been around for five minutes, um, and, and and we believe that this is our duty as the Church of Jesus Christ. We like to support missionaries. Um, we like to support those that are going to Thailand and Guatemala and all over the place to to do God's work and to support missionaries. And so um, we were kind of thinking. Uh, first of all, this is a quick trip. It's a quick turnaround. We're going the end of February. And we've recruited a group of 10 people. We just booked flights yesterday. And so some of the money is being put out uh, in advance because, you know, we're trying to figure out how to pay um, for all of these things. And so instead of having all 10 people get up here and you decide which one you liked more or who did a better pitch, um, you know, for their mission trip, uh, we decided that um, our Christmas offering, since it's a quick turnaround and we're doing it as a church and we've got 10 folks uh, from our church that are going, that our Christmas offering could go to those 10 folks going to the Bahamas. And so we're going to take it this morning. So this morning, it's above and beyond your tithe and all of that. And and Tuesday night, when we gather for our Christmas Eve service, we'll be able to receive the Christmas offering there. That'll be the only offering we're taking Tuesday night. Okay, so everything you give Tuesday night will go to uh, two Bahamas, two Christmas offerings. But if this morning, especially, if you could utilize these envelopes just so that we can keep it um, for those that count and stuff like that. Bless their hearts. God bless them immensely. Um, uh, if, if you could keep it separate this morning, that would help us uh, uh, a lot today. Does that make sense? And so pray over it. Um, again, 10 folks that are going, we're excited about this trip. Um, it's going to be a great opportunity to go and serve a community that was really leveled. And, um, and uh, so if you would be in prayer for us first, but also uh, if, if that moves you to, to give to that um, by way of that Christmas offering, uh, that's a little bit of an explanation there. So I learned a lesson last week. Uh, last week, if you remember in the message when we talked about joy, I talked about a few different foods. And you know, I found something interesting this past week because I, I talked about two different foods. One of them was white chocolate, because I love white chocolate. The other one was Brussels sprouts. I can't tell you the amount of white chocolate I've received since last Sunday. Somebody drove to Bridgeton just to get me like a bag of white chocolate goodies. Um, oddly enough, though, I've received no Brussels sprouts, which is interesting. You know your pastor, so I learned a lesson um, about that. But uh, thank you to all of those, um, those of you that have uh, given me white chocolate. Um, you're my favorites. Um, but I want you to turn in your Bible with me this morning uh, to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter one, and uh, and and I'm tempted to to go around and and. Um, and, and ask you kind of what, what your favorite thing about Christmas is and, and what do you love about Christmas and all of that, but we've got a lot to cover this morning. We've got a lot of ground to cover, and so maybe, maybe, maybe here's what we can do. Whisper to your neighbor real quick, five seconds or less, what you, what you love about Christmas. Ready, set, go. Okay, those of you that are saying Jesus, I'm proud of you. You're in church. I saw some of you... I saw somebody said roast. I saw somebody... Okay, anyway. Um, that's, that's good stuff. All right. All right. It's a great, it's a great time. Um, and so Matthew chapter 1, I want to start in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit, and her husband... Uh, By the prophet, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us now there's a lot that we could uncover in this passage right Jesus um, is coming by way of this virgin Mary who had not yet been betrothed uh, excuse me who had who was with Joseph but they had not come together yet so this was from the Holy Spirit and Joseph uh, had resolved to not put her to shame but to divorce her quietly but these things didn't happen Uh, God appeared to Joseph in a dream and said hey stay stay right all of this took place um, to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. But, and, and so we could talk, and we could spend all of our time talking about um, the, the miracle that was Jesus coming to earth, but I want to focus on one word this morning, Emmanuel. And he shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. If you were to look at John chapter 1, verses 1 and 14, it, it, it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then verse 14, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. What we celebrate at Christmas, what we get excited about at Christmas in the church of Jesus, is that Jesus came to earth. And that has immense implications for those of us who believe in Jesus. Because it means, it means that we have hope. It means that we can have joy. It means that there's peace unspeakable for us. And it means that we're loved. The fact that Jesus came to earth is the greatest demonstration of love. Why? Because without Jesus coming to earth, we're still in debt. And and, and so if we were to look at the whole Old Testament, right? The whole Old Testament. The whole Old Testament was looking for a sacrifice suitable to pay the debt of mankind. They couldn't find one. And so here we have Jesus. The Word became flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. And as I've been reflecting over this, and I kid you not, this is a message I've been reflecting on for the last couple of months. Um the last couple months I've been just praying over this and how do we talk about love because one of the things that gets me about this that we see at Christmas right Emmanuel God with us is that God's love for us in sending Jesus is unconditional. It's unconditional there are no strings attached to this love. And as I've thought to myself over the last couple of months, thinking about, man, we're going to talk about love at Christmas time in the church. And, and, and as, I've, as I've reflected on this, I've thought to myself, number one, do we know God's unconditional love? Like, like can we, have we grasped that, that God's love for you is so unconditional. It's not based on who you are, what you've done. It's so unconditional. It's based on who He created you to be. And that's awesome. Because so many of us run around and we busy ourselves trying to earn God's love. You don't have to do that. That's not what God's love is about. It's unconditional. He gave His one and only Son that whosoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's love. The second thing that I've thought about as I've been reflecting on this is not only do we know God's unconditional love, are we showing God's unconditional love? And I don't know about you, but I have felt over the last couple of months that that's a place that the church could work on. Now, hear me. Unconditional love. What does that look like? I'm glad you asked, because that's what we're going to talk about for the rest of our time together. But I want to back up for just a little bit now that we've laid the groundwork, and I want you to imagine the conversation that Father had with His Son, Jesus, in heaven, saying something like this. I can just imagine, we don't, 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 don't send me the email about being a heretic or anything like that, but we could kind of think about and, and imagine Jesus and God having this conversation, Son and Father having this conversation, God going to Jesus, His Son, saying, this is your mission should you choose to accept it right? Let me tell you what it's going to cost you. There's this woman, and, 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 and she's selected, and her name is Mary. She's going to be your mom, and you're really going to like her. You're just really going to like her. She's awesome. Um, you're, you're just really going to like her. She's a young girl who lives in Nazareth. She is devoted to our will, but let me, just, let me just be clear about some things. You're going to leave the glory of heaven, okay? You're going to leave the glory of heaven, and um, before uh, Mary pushes you out in the cold, hard world, you're going to spend nine months in her womb. And you can just imagine saying, Jesus saying, can't we just get a stork? (laughs) Like, can't, okay, good. And so God explains, no, 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 you have to be born of a woman. You're going to be all God and, and all man.'" Um, most are going to expect you to be born in a palace but you're going to be born in a common place. You're going to be born in a cave uh, next to farm animals and Jesus is like, "I like it." Everyone will know that I came for them, right? Not just not you not rich and powerful but common and ordinary. And here's here's what you're going to do. You just show them my love. You touch the lepers. You befriend the prostitutes. You love all those that religion rejects. You love all of those that religion rejects. You let people know that I love them. No strings attached. And the more you love, guess what Jesus, the more they're going to hate. But you just keep loving. You just keep loving. Because love isn't what we do. Love is who we are. Love isn't what we do. Love is who we are are. And as I think about that, and we're going to jump back into that conversation in just a second, but as I think about that, right, love isn't what we do. Love is who we are. If we look at Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1, it says, imitate Christ therefore as his dear children. We are called as the church of Jesus, not to just allow love to be something that we do. Not allow love to just be lip service or, or one week a year or this or that, right? Love is who the church has been created to be be do you hear that this morning church okay two of you are nodding your head that's awesome I'll take it love is who the church has been created to be and so then you can jump back in and you can almost hear father father saying you know Jesus are you sure you're up for this are you sure that this is something you want to do why do you want to do it and I can just hear Jesus response because we love them They need us. We need to show them who we are. We are love. And so for review, you can almost hear like the the, the last little conversation. What's your mission? Jesus responds, I will go to bring them life and life to the full. I love that in John chapter 20 where I came that you may have life and have it to the full full, not just to make it. How many of us feel like we're making it this week? Right now we're just making it to vacation. We're just making it to time off. We're just making it to Christmas Eve service. Some of us are going to be limping in to Christmas Eve service, right? We're just trying to make it. But Jesus came that we wouldn't just make it, but that we would have life to the fullest. God's saying who are you going for? Jesus responding, I'm not going for the righteous. I'm going for the sinners. I'm not going for the healthy. I'm going for the sick. Because they recognize their need for me. Why are you going? Because they're lost sheep and they need a shepherd. And I'm a good shepherd who will lay down his life for the sheep. I must show them your love, Father. We can't shout our love from heaven. So I'll show them our love on earth. Philippians chapter 2 Paul is talking to the church at Philippi and he says something very similar. In, in starting in verse 5, he says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours, in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. emptied himself. This is the part where, where God is saying, you're going to leave the glory of heaven. Emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. There Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him a name that is above every name, so that in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." And so we see here this incarnation, right? This Jesus coming to earth, this unconditional love, this gift of love where he brought love, he brought peace, he brought joy, right? He brought hope, he brought those things with him. It's Jesus with skin on. Jesus steps out of heaven, humbles himself by being born in the likeness of men, taking the form of a servant. And in that, Jesus shows us some things about love, First of all, Jesus thinks of others. And if we're going to love people, right? If we're going to love people, then love thinks of others. Look at verses 5 and 6. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. He thought of others. God's unconditional love in Jesus coming to earth, was for us. Not for him to get glory, not for him to I mean, it was for us. He gets the glory through us. You see that? And so love, unconditional love in Christ thinks of others. Number 2, Jesus serves. Love serves. Love serves. Look at verse 7. He says, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Jesus humbled himself, taking the form of a servant. Love serves. It, 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 it's it's putting, it puts needs of others ahead of our own. And I think we're I think we're good at I think we're good at that piece, as long as it helps us. I think we're good at that piece as long as it works out for us, as long as it fits in. But then we got to look at number three: Jesus sacrifices. Look at verse eight. He says there. Paul says, "In being found in human form, he humbled himself again by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross." He sacrifices. Love sacrifices. Love sacrifices. Love does things when they don't always make sense or they don't add up. Seems uncommon. And that's what Jesus did here. And then we see that Jesus glorifies God. Therefore, God has highly exalted Him and bestowed on Him the name that is above every name. Love glorifies God. Love glorifies God. If we were to jump back to Matthew, and I'll just read this for you. Matthew chapter 1, verses 21. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And Jesus came to serve. Jesus came to think of others. Jesus came to sacrifice. Jesus came to glorify God so that we could experience His love. Now, now, love doesn't always feel like love, does it? Love doesn't always feel like love. And we've talked about that over the last few weeks as we've talked about joy and as we've talked about peace um, that surpasses understanding. But love doesn't always feel like love. What do we call that? What do we like to call that? Tough love. Right? Tough love. We, we talked to some other folks and we're like, hey, you know, I'm going to go, I, I've got to show some tough love uh, in this moment, and you walk in, and 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 uh, and and you know you've got the face, and you know stuff like that. Your heart rate's probably slightly elevated, um, and 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 you're gonna you're gonna show some you're gonna show some tough love, and 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 chances are it it may it may start out a little bit like this, Dylan. This is gonna hurt me more than it's gonna hurt you. Tough love, but see, here's 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 where we've got to wrestle with this, because we see God's design for love, but God's design for love doesn't always match our feeling of love. And so here's where we have to ask ourselves the question, are we going to live by God's design for love, or are we going to live based on our feeling for love? And we've got to wrestle with that, because there's some things that don't make us feel good, but they're completely in God's plan. There's some things that don't make us uh, uh, um, uh, feel just right, but God is all in it. You hear what I'm saying? And so we have to ask ourselves the question, are we going to live according to our feelings, or are we going to live according to God's design? Because sacrifice isn't easy. If it's easy, if we're sitting here and we're saying, Oh, oh, I'm sacrificing all of this, well, guess what? It's not sacrifice. It's not sacrifice. It's not sacrifice. Sacrifice is giving outside of our ability. Sacrifice is giving outside of our means and not really sure where that's gonna be made up. Right? Sacrifice is rooted in faith not logic and so we've got to think about some of those things and 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 so as we as we think about this even deeper first john chapter 4 if you want to turn there you, we're going to spend the rest of our time in the book of first john chapter 4 and then we're going to back up just a little bit to chapter 3 and talk about what do we do with this so, 1 John chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who do, does, not know, uh, does not love does not know God because God is love. In this love of God was made manifest excuse me, among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins, the, the payment for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, then we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. And so, we've already talked about this, but just in summary, three things here. The first is this. God is love. God is love. If you don't know God, you don't know love. It's right there in Scripture. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Very plain there. Love fulfills the picture of what it's like to be in relationship with God. God is love. Number two, Jesus is the model. Jesus is the model. We've already talked about in Philippians 2. He's the model. He thinks of others. He serves. He sacrifices. He glorifies God. That is the model of a love. This love made real. This love with skin on. This love stepped out of heaven and paid our debt. And then number three, Love is perfected in us as we love others. Love is perfected in us as we love others. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. We are called, as His church, to embody this love to the world. To embody this love to the world to the world. And so how do we do that? If you turn the page back to first John chapter three, verses sixteen through eighteen, I want to read it and I believe this shows us exactly how we're to take this love that Jesus came to bring for us to others. This is in first John chapter three, verse sixteen, by this we know love. That he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay our lives down for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? What a question, right? If anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. So, how do we love? How we love today when it's hard sometimes to love. Right? I know. I recognize it, church. I, I recognize it. I, sometimes I'm hard to love. Anybody ever had that experience with me? Some of you are like, oh, no, pastor. You're so, you don't know me well enough. Um, I'm hard to love. I'm hard to love. Um, a lot of my family's sitting over here. My mom is sitting on the front row. She'll tell you I'm hard to love sometimes. Um, at least back then. I, don't, I think I'm pretty easy to love now for her. But anyway, um, things have changed. Uh, but, but, but if you think about that, right? Some, some people are hard to love. But the first thing that we have to do is this. If we're going to love people, we've got to lay us down. If we're going to love people, which, which we've already talked about. That's the call of the church right? Imitate Christ, therefore, as his dear children. And we celebrate this. We celebrate this every year that the love of Christ came to earth, God with us, born of a virgin. We celebrate this every year. And so if we are truly to love, then we have to lay us down. Lay us down. Look back, 1 John three sixteen says this, for, uh, excuse me, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. You know what that includes? Our expectations. I believe so much love is disturbed and lost and hurt when we have expectations over people that they just cannot humanly meet. So we gotta lay down our expectations. Some of you, some of you are sitting here right now and you're, you can't even focus on the message because you're thinking about all the expectations that you've got to fulfill Tuesday and all the expectations you've got to fulfill Wednesday, all the expectations you've got to fill this week, all, all the things, right, all the checklists, all the expectations that you've got to fulfill and you have no idea, um, you have no idea how much that is, that is playing into, right? You, and, and, and listen to me, you've got to lay it down. If we are going to love the people that we come in contact with day after day after day, we've got to lay us down. We've got to lay us down. If we're, no, listen to me, if we're going to love them unconditionally, if we're going to love them the way that God calls us to love, because I see a lot of love that has strings to it. I'll love you as long as you don't sin the way that, 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 that I don't want you to sin. I'll love you as long as you don't deal with this. I'll love you as long as you don't touch this. I'll love you as long as, you know, you bring me white chocolate right? I I love you as long as, you know, and, 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 but if we're going to love unconditionally, right, then we have to lay us down. Matthew 16, 24, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. I love the way that J.D. Greer put this. He says this, don't think because God uses you powerfully that you're personally right with him. Don't think because God uses you powerfully that you're personally right with Him. You know what that means? Don't think because just because things might be going well for you that you're loving well. That you're experiencing love well. If we're going to love, we've got to lay us down. Number two, look at verse 17, John, uh, 1 John 3, uh, 17. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? What a question. If we're going to love, we've got to do. And, and, Hmm. We've got to do. There's gotta be action. I mean Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen through twenty, the great commission starts with doing. Go therefore and make Disciples. What does that mean? That means there's some action involved. There is a, there's a calling and response. There is a, there's a mission and acceptance, right? Go and make disciples. We've got to do. We looked at James chapter 1 last week, this half-brother of Jesus. If you look back at James chapter 1, verse 22, he says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You want to know one of my biggest fears of the church? We talked about this. I think it was back in the spring. I can't remember. Is that we struggle with so much dupe explicitus faith that's not real in our churches what do you mean i mean it's it's common it's comfortable i mean let's Let's, let's get real for a moment. Let's, let's get real for a moment on the Sunday before Christmas. Well, Travis, this is supposed to be sweet. We sang Happy Birthday, Jesus, which the kids did awesome. And if you volunteered and helped put that together, that's awesome. But hang on a second. Hang on a second. We've got to deal with this. It's easy to hear a message. It's easy, it's easy to even sit, sit back and be critical of a message. I do it all the time. I was listening to a message about a week and a half ago. I got 18 minutes in and said, this is an absolute waste of time. I would hate to have been in that church. And I'm like, wait a second, you shouldn't say that. Because you probably do that all the time. People probably sit there and think, man, this is an absolute we've heard more about the Patriots than we've heard about Jesus. Don't nod at that. <laughs> But it's easy to sit back and, and hear a message and be critical of a message and think about, oh, I wouldn't have said that. I might have said this. But you know what's much harder? To leave these four walls and actually go love people. To leave these four walls and actually to go put Jesus first and others second and yourself Third and experience the joy that Jesus came to bring. It's much harder to walk out and live in the peace that surpasses understanding because that means we've got to press in to the presence of Jesus. It's a lot harder to go outside of these four walls and be ministers of hope because you know what separates us from every other religion in the world? is the hope that Jesus came to bring. But James says be doers of the word not hearers only so deceiving yourselves the way that rich mullins put it back in the 90s was faith without works is like a song you can't sing it's about as useless as a screen door on a submarine and i love that faith without works is about as useless as a screen door on a submarine i don't know about you but i wouldn't want to be on that submarine that sounds like a bad day right And so if we're going to love people the way that God has called us to love and the way that he's demonstrated, we've got to lay ourselves down just as Jesus did. He humbled himself, right? We looked at that in the book of Philippians and we saw it in Matthew. He humbled himself, right? Taking the form of a servant. We've got to do. We've got to go. And number three, you ready for this? We've got to follow through. We've got to keep showing up. We've got to keep loving, and keep loving, and keep loving. Paul says to the church at Galatia, Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, and let us not grow weary of doing good. Let us not get tired of doing good, for in due season we'll reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those. I want you to get this, because sometimes I think we uh, don't think about this from Paul in Galatians chapter 6, but he says, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. You know what Paul's telling the church? Hey, don't just look outside the four walls to love, love inside too. Love inside too. I was having a conversation with another pastor this past week, and he said, you know, I'm not sure I've ever been in a church that hasn't been toxic of gossip. And we talk about unconditional love. How many of us, how mm, 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 I got to, I got to go here. Because if we're going to talk about love, let's talk about love. How many of us have a problem with the LGBTQ plus community, but we'll let gossip happen every Sunday morning in our churches? right and, not, and listen i'm not i'm just saying if we're looking at lists in scripture in Romans chapter 1 i read the same lists but angers in there and so if we're gonna, i mean we're going to talk about if we're going to talk about sin we can't just talk about some sins and make some sins acceptable and and un, and, and and unconditional right and other sins completely conditional and unacceptable I might have gotten that wrong, but you know what I mean. If we are going to love people, we have to love people. And if we say we're going to love people and if we say that we're going to lay ourselves down and if we say we're going to do things and we're going to make a difference and we're going to be a church that if we were gone tomorrow the community would miss us, then we've got to love the outcast. We've got to love the hurting. We've got to love those in slavery. We've got to love those who have no idea if they're even accepted in a church because of the lifestyle that they're in. And I don't know about you, that doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean that I'm crazy about the lifestyle that they're in or, or the sin that they're struggling with. But you know what? You probably wouldn't be crazy about mine. And we've had a saying for far too long in our churches. And I heard this from a friend of mine, but I wish I could take credit for it like crazy. So you know what? I won't say his name. and Just give me credit for it. <laughs> He lives down in South Carolina. He'll never hear this message. <laughs> I say he's a friend. I've had like a conversation and a half with him. So, not really a friend. But he says this. For far too long we've talked about in the church love the sinner, hate the sin. Right? Love the sinner, hate the sin. I've, I've done whole messages around that. Like I've I've, I've said that, I've talked about that I've, I've kind of, when, when I haven't known how to respond in something, I'll, I'll throw that out there hey, we've got to love the sinner and hate the sin, right? You know what I think Scripture shows us in Jesus? Is what if I lived my life loving the sinner and hating the sin in me? Love the sinner, but hate the sin in me. Hate the sin in you. Because, can I tell you what we're doing when we don't love? and stop with love? You know what I mean, right? I love you, but. That nullifies that first part of that statement. We're losing the voice to share the love of Jesus in that person's life. And can I just make one more statement about this before we move on? Because we've got to follow through. If we're going to love, we've got to follow through. I lost the statement. There it is. I looked back at Lois. I thought of it first when I saw Lois and then I glanced at Rob and lost it. (laughs) I looked back at Lois and I found it again. We can be so critical of lifestyles and sin. Before you're critical, before you judge, before you place yourself in in that seat, ask yourself, have you experienced it? Have you experienced it? Have you experienced what that person's going through? Have you experienced what that person's walking through? Because I'll use myself. As an associate pastor, when I was Watching my senior pastor do ministry, I thought senior pastor job was the easiest thing in the world. You just have everybody else do the work. all you got to do is get up and preach forty seven forty eight Sundays out of a year piece of cake, right? I got a lot to say, and i was so I was so critical I was so critical i think I think it was less than two years after being here. I called my pastor back in North Carolina I said, bro." Uh, I need to apologize to you. I am sorry. Because I thought your job was so easy. And then I tried to do your job. You never know what it's like until you walk a mile in those shoes. You never know. And because we don't know Because we don't know, our go-to has to be love. We start there. And we trust God to do the work that He wants to do in convicting, and in growing, and in, in, in all of those things. But we start with love, please, unconditionally, unconditionally. And we follow through with it. Do not grow weary of loving. Do not grow weary of loving. Some of you may be sitting here right now and you say, you know what, this week is going to be the hardest week of my year. For for many different reasons, right? Losing a loved one. You know, all those different things. Having to love that one that's hard for you to love, that's going to be around you. Well, you probably know the minutes that they're going to be around you on Wednesday. And you're like, I just have a hard time loving them. Just love them. For who they are. Love them. Pastor." I know, but I don't know how to. Ask God help. Say, God, I don't know how to love this person. I don't know how to love this situation. But would you help me? Would you help me? Can you help me love them? Can you help me love them? So, if we're going to love and our response is love and I want the worship team to come and they're going to sing a song called Love Came Down as I get back to my notes, my iPad turned off on me because I talked so long then we've got to lay us down and we've got to do and we've got to follow through right, we've got to follow through we've got to keep loving, keep loving, keep loving, keep loving Jesus came and he will be called Emmanuel God with us Jesus in the flesh to show us how to love to show us how to be love unconditionally can we be that love as his church